Merry Christmas to you all and may this Christmas this year will bring such a blessing, such a breakthrough in our lives. So this morning we will see that God doesn't want us to remember, doesn't want us to celebrate the baby Jesus because he's no longer a baby. It was back then he was given to us coming as a baby. But he doesn't want to stay as a baby. No matter how much we love our kids, no matter how much we love babies, we do not want our kids to stay as babies, right? We want them to grow up. We want them to continually growing up. And the same with our spiritual. God wants to become greater and greater in us. Jesus wants to grow and more and more and more in our heart, in our family, in our business, in our church. Jesus wants to grow even to the fullness of God the Father. So today we will see how God wants a greater indwelling in our hearts. And this will, this will impact, this will influence every aspect of your life. You know, many times during Christmas we say, have joy, peace, and the love of Christmas. But those joy, peace, and love will not come apart from the presence of Jesus. There is no joy outside of Jesus. No peace outside of Jesus. So that's why let us bring this real joy, real love, real peace no matter what storms may come into our lives. God will show his presence that in the midst of the storm, Jesus was asleep. Jesus was sound sleeping. And that is a picture for our lives. Even though we have storms coming, but Jesus wants us to have that peace indwelling in us. So the purpose of the word of God this morning is for us to follow in the example of Jesus. If I can have the next slide, yes. Following the example of Jesus unto his fullness. So Jesus giving us his life, his coming down to us, is an example. It's not something that is it's only Jesus. But Jesus said, follow me. I give you example for you to follow. So let's see first from John 3, verse 30 until 31. 
This is from John the Baptist when his disciples telling him, Look, teacher, look, teacher, that Jesus that you were testified to, he and his disciples are also baptizing in another place. And John's disciple told him, John, and all the people are going to Jesus now. They're not coming to us anymore. Now they have another option and all these people are flocking to him. Now at that moment, John could have become jealous. He could have become, you know, doubting who Jesus is. Who is this one who is taking the followers to the other side? John could have been angry, upset at what happened. Because there, it feels like there is another competition going on. Right? But instead, John told his disciples, a man cannot receive anything unless it has given him from above. So you cannot try to get something for yourself unless the heaven already giving you that grace to have that blessing. And John continued in verse 30, He must increase, but I must decrease. He who comes from above is above all. He who is of the earth is from the earth and speaks of the earth. He who comes from heaven is above all. Now today's scriptures I'm taking from New American Standard Bible, the one that I use daily. So John is telling his disciples instead of being angry, instead of being, you know, uh, uh, troubled or uh, worried, Instead, John is telling his, his disciples, Jesus must increase. I must decrease. And this is the principle. If we want Jesus to increase in our lives, in our family, we, on the other hand, must decrease. We must submit to his control. Otherwise, there cannot be two bosses. Jesus say this, we say this. Okay, who's following? Who's following who? But in order for Jesus to increase, we must decrease. It doesn't mean that you lose your personality. It doesn't mean that you lose, you know, pleasure, enjoyment, you lose your, your being, you know. It's not like that. But when Jesus is increasing in your life, you can really feel that your life is coming to its fullness. That your being, your cell, is having a boost from heaven. So instead of losing who you are, you find who you really are in Jesus. And John continued that Jesus is coming from above. 
Nobody else is like Jesus. Even though he was born as a baby, but he was born from the Spirit of God. So he is coming from above. That's why only Jesus can pay our sins. Nobody else. Not one man on the earth can pay for our sins because we were born as sinful. But Jesus was born, he was sinless. So he who comes from above is above all. He who comes from heaven is above all. And that is true. If you want your life to fulfill the heaven's calling in you. If you want your family to go after the calling of heaven, then you must give space for Jesus to increase in your life. If Jesus increase in our lives, then heaven rules. When heaven rules, heaven will supply. Heaven will supply whatever you need as long as you go under the rule of heaven. So the first thing that we see here, how we can have a greater indwelling of God in our lives. Number one, Christmas. Christmas is a moment of obedience from Jesus. God has planned before the foundation of the world that one day his only begotten son, Jesus, he needs to go down and leave all the deity and came down to become a human. And it's exactly in God's timing that he came down. So let's read from Luke 2, verse 7. And she, Mary, gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in cloths and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the end. So number one is a moment of obedience. You know Jesus, when he was in heaven, he had everything that he needs. He had all the power. He had all, you know, whatever he wants, he can have it. So all things is just at his hands. He can command things, he can do things, whatever he likes. And he had all the angels, thousands upon thousands, that are ready to minister to him. But then came the moment when Jesus has to surrender his rights, surrender his power, surrender his deity, and he put it down, all the attributes. He put it down. He was still 100% God, but when he came down to earth, he became also 100% human. He put aside the attributes of God and he became 100% human. 
But when he came to the earth, when he stepped down in obedience to the Father, when he stepped down willingly to give his life, you know, when he came down to the earth, he did not come as a son of a king on the earth. No. He did not even come as a wealthy person. He came as just very normal people, even lower than that. When he came, he knew what it was to experience rejection. This place doesn't want to receive. This place doesn't, it's all full. We are full of our occupancy. No more place for you. And finally, he was received in a place of animals. And when you live, when you know how to be in a barn, I can be sure we know that it's a place where there are many unpleasant smelling, right? It's not a sweet smelling place. It's a place where animals are. And Jesus was received in such a place. Can you imagine? You go to your friend's house. You are to stay there, let's say, for a few days. And they give you a room. And the room was so smelly. The condition was so bad. It was not even being clean. How would you feel? How would you feel as a guest coming in a place where it's not nice? You might feel, maybe I'm not welcome here. Maybe. But Jesus accepted the condition where he was. And the point here, when we remember Christmas, remember that it was the moment of obedience of Jesus. That was the moment when he said, yes, I'm coming. Yes, I will step down from my privileges, from my comfort zone, and I'm coming down. So when we remember Christmas, this is the moment when Jesus submitted himself to obey. And the same with us this Christmas. God is reminding every one of us, when are we going to have that moment to take that step of obedience? Because one step of obedience from us is it will change your life. Maybe there are many things God has spoken to us. You know, when God has told us something to do, maybe he gave us dreams, he gave us vision, he gave us message, from the word and he told us you do something you turn back from your way but we still thinking about it we still consider it and we haven't done it yet until we've done the 
thing that God told us to do, then he will tell us the next step. If we haven't done the first thing that he told us to do, we will not receive the next instruction. So God right now is calling you and me. He is waiting for our moment of obedience. Maybe it's an obedience of closing an app, closing a web page that we often go to to watch something that is not right. Maybe it's watching some things that we should not see or watch. God is waiting right now. Whatever step of obedience he's asking you, when you take that commitment, when you take that step, okay, Lord, I'm going to deal with this. The thing that you have been asking me to do for, I don't know, years, months, weeks. Okay, Lord, I'm willing. I will take the commitment. I will stop watching this. I will take it out from my gadget. He's waiting. He's waiting for our moment of obedience as he has done in this Christmas, being obedient. So this is our time. When God is giving us opportunity, when God is giving us time, we should use the grace and the time because there might not be a second chance. Who knows? We never know. But we should not waste the time and the grace that God has given to us. Number two, besides the moment of obedience, which every one of us also have, Jesus, he did not only obey, but he emptied himself. He did not only came down to the earth as a man. Maybe he can ask, oh, I need this, I need this. If I'm already willing to become human, I need to have resources that I need to accomplish my mission. Of course, he can ask those things. But Jesus even said, I do not have a place to put my head. I do not have a place to sleep. He doesn't have a house. So let's read from Philippians 2, verse 5 until 7. Have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, although he existed in the form of God, he did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a bond servant and being made in the likeness of man. So Jesus, when he came in obedience, he did not came with, you know, what he asked, what he can ask. Instead, he came 
emptying himself. He became not just like, you know, a noble person, but he became like a servant. The word here is like a slave. Someone who was in that era, in that time, was like a second-class citizen. So he was taking the form of a slave and he emptied himself. He doesn't ask for privileges. He doesn't ask for where is my right? Why I'm being treated this way? Am I not deserve something better than this? Dear friends, Jesus never, never have that kind of attitude. So we must follow his steps. When we become followers of Jesus, we should not have entitlement. Oh, I should have that. I should have this. People should honor me. Why you don't do this to me? We should not have that kind of entitlement. Why God does not bless me? Why I have to go through all these sufferings? Why I feel like I'm being treated unfair? So let's look at the example of Jesus. Jesus emptied himself. That means we need to come to the ground zero you know when you are at ground zero people can do whatever you are on the ground zero people can walk over you when you are on you know in the upper ground people cannot walk over you right because you are high up but when you empty yourself and that's exactly what Jesus did for us. He's back. When he was persecuted, it says it's like a field that is the soil that is being turned upside down. That was his back. His back becomes a level ground for us to connect us with God so we can be reconciled with God. So Jesus, what does it mean to empty himself? You know, Jesus, well, he was on the earth. He said to his disciples, I never speak on my own. I never do things on my own. So the same also be with us. The same should be for the preacher here. The same should be with us wherever we are, in our family, in our job, wherever we are. That's what Jesus did. He never speaks on his own, but he said, whatever the Father told me to speak, that's what I speak. Whatever the Father show me what to do, that's what I do. So Jesus doesn't move 
by the needs of people. The needs can be thousand and thousand and thousand. But Jesus went to places. He went to people where God the Father is leading him to go, leading him to touch. Just like Jesus tell the people of Israel, you know, Elijah was not sent, was not sent to the widows in Israel. Instead, he was sent to the widow in out of the country abroad. So sometimes when we follow God, God has his own agenda. He has specific people, specific place in mind. That's why I encourage you young people, you know, when you pray, ask God to prepare you. Lord, prepare me to meet the right person at the right place, at the right time. So we don't just choose, okay, I want to date this one, I want to marry this one. But we ask God, if God doesn't want us to speak just anything, do just anything, how much more about your life partner? That's very important. After you choose Jesus as your savior, very important after that you choose who will be your life partner because it will determine your life how you will go in this life is very much affected so pray ask the lord lord show us the right person at the right place at the right moment so it's not my agenda it's not my ambition it's not about my timing but God has his own timing. So in this way, my friends, if Jesus empty himself, we should also, this moment, Christmas, if we want Jesus to be greater and greater in our lives, we must become lower and lower lower and lower the more you empty yourself the more jesus can fill your life you know when i was in high school since elementary actually I could not speak. When teacher at school asked me, you read, because they asked certain people to take turn in reading. And when it comes to my turn, I will be like just, and they will be all waiting. Moments of silence. And there was not even a word coming out from my mouth. And this continue on from elementary till high school. I have tried and tried and tried. They put me as the leader 
as the chairperson of the student body. And I say, okay. And one of the job is for you to do speech in front of hundreds of people and to lead the meetings. And I tried. It's not that I didn't want to try. I tried many, many times with result in failures, shame in front of many people in public. But in high school, I was asking God, God, what do you want me to do with my life? I know you have a calling. I know you have a plan. Why you created me this way? It's your fingerprints. So when I asked the Lord, God showed me, okay, you go into ministry. And I was like, oh, how can I do ministry? I could not speak. There's no way. So if I follow my mind, I say, no, Lord, doesn't make sense. But as, you know, as I have tried many, many times before, and I still, you know, willing and dare to believe God, I said, okay, I will follow your way, your plan, and not my plan. So, finally, I give myself to pursue to prepare myself to be in the ministry. And one day, we were in outreach. We were supposed to do some dramas and some testimony in front of students in Thailand, Cambodia. And I was so nervous. I was like, how can I do this? And I told my leaders and they were praying with me. Just a simple prayer. And that's it. And then we left. When we were there, my leader said, okay, now it's your turn. Give testimony. I was like, okay, give testimony. Two, four hundred students. I was like, okay. That's the thing, you know. I was so willing to face another failure. So I say, okay, I'll do it. So I prepare my testimony and you know what happened? Standing in front of 400 students. That was the first time in my life I could speak. Can you imagine before that when somebody called me on the phone? This is on the phone without looking at their face. I was like, ah. That was on the phone. And now this is facing all these students. Well, students, you know, they are ready to laugh at you. They are ready to make jokes, you know, if you are not funny or something else. But that was the first time I spoke fluently. So instantly, God released my tongue. If you ask me, what makes you believe you can do that? I have no reason. I have no experience before me to, you know, make me believe I can do it. There's nothing. But it's because I said, okay, Lord, it's not me. 
I follow you. Whatever you want to do with my life, okay. Until now. Until now, I make it a practice that if some authority that God has put in my life tell me to do something, I will just say, okay. Maybe it's a sudden appointment you have to speak. I will just say, okay. Because God will enable me. God will help me in obedience. Is not me emptying oneself. And number three, after Jesus walking into obedience, emptying himself, but he doesn't stop there. Jesus is growing into fullness. Luke 2, verse 40 and 52. The child continued to grow and become strong, increasing or becoming full of wisdom. And the grace of God was upon him. And he kept increasing in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. So after obedience, after emptying yourself, you need to grow into fullness. Let me ask you, is there any one of you here willing to become a baby again? Anyone wants to be a baby? You can just cry and, you know, cannot walk, waiting for someone to feed you. Anyone? Sometimes my kid told me, oh, I wish I want to be a baby again. And I told them, do you really want? You cannot run around. You need somebody to pick you up. You are so dependent. And that's what happened with Jesus. He came down as a baby. He could not do anything. He was just waiting for the help of his parents. And when he was growing up, he had to be willing to be corrected, to be disciplined by his parents. In the meantime, he knew that he was a God. He was the son of God. But he had to grow. Little by little, year by year, he is growing. And same thing with us. The natural in Corinthians, the natural comes first, after that the spiritual. So the spiritual is the same. We have to grow one by one in God, step by step. We have to grow. If we obey on this step, you go to the next level. So the more the faster, the quicker we obey, the faster we go to the next level. When we stuck in one place because we do not want to obey, then we stuck. We become stagnant. And that's, that's a time when we need to come back to God and ask the grace of God to break through. Lord, I don't want to be stagnant. Lord, I don't want to be just religion religiously following you that's not what i'm looking for i need you lord so when we cry out to god in prayer in fasting then that's the moment where this stagnancy will break open so jesus continued to grow jesus kept increasing 
until in John 1, 14 until 18, it says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we saw his glory, glory as of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth were realized through Jesus Christ. No one has seen God at any time, the only begotten Son, who is in the bosom of the Father, he has explained him. So Jesus kept increasing. Finally, he grew into full of grace and truth. Remember, grace and truth. We cannot only have grace. Lord, forgive me, forgive me, forgive me but we never willing to live in the truth. And you will not receive grace upon grace if we do not live in the truth. So this too has to go together. For example, in the family, you know, with your children, with your spouse, you cannot just Okay, forgive, forgive, forgive. That's what we have to do. But we need to bring our family to live in the truth in order to receive more grace, a new grace every day. If we do not live in the truth, there is something that hinders the flow of grace in your life. So we need to take out, we need to ask the Lord, Lord, bring me into the fullness of your truth. And Jesus in Colossians, it says, the fullness of deity, it was represented in Jesus. If we want to follow the example of Jesus, we do not only carry 50% of Jesus, but Jesus wants us to carry fullness of God in our lives. Allow God to have access into every rooms in your home. If we give him access only to one room, God can clean out that one room. But the other rooms in the house is still untouched because we do not give him access. But the more we say, Lord, this is my life, Lord. Lord, this is my job. This is my work, Lord. Please help me. Lord, this is my family, Lord. Lord, this is my marriage. I need you in all of these areas of my life. I need you, Lord, fill with your full presence. And that's what God wants in this Christmas. Is there anything that we need to obey? Is there anything that God is still waiting for our moment of obedience? Use the time that God is given. We, 
never know. We never know that we will have another full year. You never know. Never know. But the time that God has given us, let us use, let us respond to Him in obedience, in emptying ourselves, and in growing, increasing into the fullness of God. Let's have the musicians, the worship team to come forward and let us all stand up together. You know, this one song of Christmas, it says, I love you, Lord Jesus. Stay by my side until morning is near. Be near me, Lord Jesus, and fit us for heaven to live with you there. Let's sing this song.